Welcome to the geek to geek podcast where, remember when I said it was going to be Infinity War unless something happened? Well, life happened. BJ isn't here this week, and he told me I should push ahead and do a quick Infinity War episode anyway and get it up in the feed. Uh, maybe we'll talk more about it again once he's back, but... He wanted us to talk about it. He said, don't hold back, so go for it. So this is going to be a little bit of a shorter episode this week than normal, but hopefully he's back next week. If not, I have a guest host lined up, so we'll see what ends up happening. Um, But, hey, life happens. No problem. So... Infinity War. This movie is the hardest movie I've ever watched to talk about without spoiling anything. So usually when we do an episode like this, I like to do a big section of like non-spoilers. And I can do a little bit here, but not a whole lot. And I think that's okay, especially because it's going to be a shorter episode. It's going to be self-contained without a whole lot of back and forth, apparently. So if you guys are going to watch Infinity War and you haven't yet, you can listen to the first couple minutes here and then hop out. No big deal. So, non-spoilers. This movie is basically spoilers from beginning to end. Just from the very first scene all the way through, there's not a whole lot I can say. So I'm going to talk about the fact that it's good. It's like a good payoff for 10 years worth of movies. This feels very earned. And everything that they do in the course of the movie it lends itself to the fact that it's been built up for so long. You know, the MCU has been building up to this, and it shows. I'm extremely impressed that they were able to give kind of everybody in the movie, all of the heroes, their own moment or two. And some of them had, like, little character arcs. Nobody has a major character arc outside of maybe Thanos. I mean, in in a way, he's kind of the main character in this movie, which was a little surprising, but not really a spoiler i don't think i hope not anyway um because he's thanos he's in the movie but with so many other heroes in it you know there's like 30 heroes or something ridiculous i don't don't know i didn't count them up um but there's a lot of heroes and then there's thanos he ends up being a lot more the focus of the movie than i thought but not in a bad way necessarily it's good you know it's good um go see it if you're a fan of the mcu this is what they've been building towards for so long and I guess one of the other non-spoilery things that I can talk about is the fact that there are no real character intros or explanations in this movie. It just goes. Like, right from the very first scene, the movie starts and it goes. It doesn't take any time to explain. I mean, if you are watching this, the idea is that you are well-versed enough in the MCU to keep up. Like, it's not going to take time to go back and introduce you to characters, and I think that's actually one of its strongest suits of the entire movie. Like... I love that about that, and they must have made a decision very early on to do that and just committed to it, and I think it was a great decision. So that's literally like all I can say without getting into spoilers, so pause it, come back later if you're going to watch this movie, or if you don't care about spoilers, but you know, I usually don't care about spoilers. This is one that I suggest going in spoiler-free, so take that as you will. Okay, spoiler time. So I was surprised that there weren't actually that many character deaths, like true deaths in the movie. Um, You know, the finger snap happens at the end, which I'll talk about in a second, but I have a feeling a lot of that is going to be undone once we get to the next part of this movie, or part two, which is not called part two anymore, but I think that's kind of... uh, inaccurate this really did feel like a part one but i mean the only true deaths we really had were loki heimdall gamora and vision and gamora is kind of borderline like she might be back she might be trapped in the soul stone and we might get her back through whatever happens in the next movie so really loki heimdall and vision i think are the only ones that are down for the count um I also wouldn't be surprised if not everybody who got faded out with the finger snap makes it back for some reason or another, but I kind of think the majority of them will make it back into the next movie. So the finger snap deaths 
a bunch of them will obviously be undone because, and this is kind of one of those areas where knowledge outside of the movie makes it have much less impact than it would otherwise. Like we know Spider-Man 2 is coming out next year, I think. I think it's 2019. Either way, Spider-Man 2 is in development and it's like Tom Holland. So he's going to be back. There's no real mystery there, which is kind of disappointing. I was I was honestly, when the, the finger snap happened and Bucky was one of the first ones to go, I was so happy because you guys know I'm not a huge fan of Bucky in the MCU. I was ready for him to be gone. But then once I realized that there were so many taken away that it's probably going to be reversed, I was kind of like, oh, okay. Um, and then I was I was glad that they got to the finger snap. I kind of thought that's how the movie was going to end. Um, Rob and I had talked about this. Rob from the comic box on the network. He said that he thought that it might get to the finger snap, but he was also thinking that maybe the movie would end with Thanos assembling the Infinity Gauntlet, and then that would be the end. But I was really hoping this would be the end, so I'm glad that it turned out the way it did. And like I mentioned, it's kind of obvious to me by the end that this really is part one of a two-part story. It's not a full story. You know, it's it's a cliffhanger. It's the midway point. There's a lot more to cover after this. So I'm excited to see what happens next. I guess a lot of other thoughts. I'm just going to kind of bounce around here. Uh, the Black Order, I thought they served a good purpose. If you don't know who they are, they are like the mini bosses. Thanos is minions, you know, that aren't the low level minions. They're like the mid guys. So those four of them, um, just because there's so many heroes in so many different locations, they need something to react to and something to fight. So the Black Order serve that purpose well enough i'm kind of glad they were defeated by the end just to get them out of the way but they worked for me um i also thought the amount of locations and like the interweaving storylines was super impressive especially because they all came together towards the end and uh, maybe i could have put part of this in the spoiler free section but like just the fact that the whole movie beginning to end it started at a pretty fast pace and then it just kind of ramped up all towards the end like there was no i mean there were pauses there were there were slower parts but not really i mean it was pretty non-stop beginning to end and all of it was leading towards that ending and just the fact that they all came together in the end was super impressive i also don't think that this had a traditional three-act structure i'm honestly not very good at analyzing that aspect of filmmaking but it didn't feel like it it just felt like a, a constant ramp up and i, I like that about it so there was so much going on. It was nonstop. I feel like I should see it again just for that on its own. But that kind of thing appeals to me. Like that means that this movie is probably going to have more staying power for me than it will other people. Just because like that's one of my movie criterias for a movie that I will go back to more often than not is that it has an unrelenting pace. Like I need that. I don't really like slow movies after the first watch. I did want to talk a little bit about the individual characters that got some sort of arc or like interaction beyond just having a moment or two. So the the Bruce Banner and Hulk relationship, I liked that a lot. I mean, Hulk got beaten and maybe he's scared now. Like he's never been defeated. He doesn't really want to come out and Bruce can't make him come out. Um, it's also interesting to think about the fact that they are really too people now there's two characters in there and they have some kind of back and forth relationship i mean between thor ragnarok and this movie um you know banner even says something along the lines of like they have to figure it out they have to work something out and then as an effect of that happening bruce gets to use the hulkbuster armor and then he kind of gets to be a hero in a way where he's brave without the hulk which i thought that was really really cool that's a really interesting character growth moment for him i also 
liked Thor's axe. I thought that was really cool. Like his whole character arc with him. And I mean, Rocket was there. Groot was there. Um, Surprise, Peter Dinklage was there. But just that whole thing with Thor's axe, I liked that a lot. Even though (laughs) I've heard other analysis of the movie, like why did he need an axe when the whole point of Thor Ragnarok was that he doesn't actually need a weapon because he's the God of Thunder. It was just, it's a valid point, but as a little quest for him to go on to get a powerful weapon, I enjoyed it for what it was without questioning it too much. I guess I do feel like if I rewatch this movie, I will question a lot more things and probably find a lot more plot holes. But the first time through, I just enjoyed it for what it was. I also really liked Doctor Strange in this one and his whole part. Like, he had such a predominant role, and I kind of suspected that would happen just based on other comics I've read that were kind of along these lines. But he did get a prominent role in the movie, which I wasn't sure was going to happen. And I think at this point, he's one of my favorite characters. Like, something about him just works for me in a way that a lot of the other heroes don't. And maybe it's because all of the others feel so superhero-y, and he's kind of cordoned off into this different section of the MCU. Like, we have a bunch of people operating on Earth just as superheroes, superpowers. We have a bunch of people operating in the cosmos now between Thor and Asgardians and Guardians of the Galaxy and stuff like that. Probably Captain Marvel will be in that that group, too. Um, but he's magic. He's magic in a way that none of the other heroes are related to this realm of, like, mysticism and I find that fascinating. I like that he's different, and I think that's one of the reasons he appeals to me. Also, I just like the way that he's portrayed by Benny Batch. Like, I'm a fan of that. He's also playing the long game in this one. Like, he, you know, jumps forward and says that he sees, like, 14 million futures, and there's only one possible way that it could actually work out and he says something about like reaching the end game you know when he gives the the time gem to thanos time stone infinity stone sorry i've read the comics and i've talked to rob lately so infinity stone versus gem keeps throwing me off at this point um but anyway he gives the time stone gem we'll roll with it Uh, he gives it to thanos and even though he knows what's gonna happen i mean i feel like everything from that point through the end of the movie he had probably seen ahead of time and he knew that it was coming and he's okay with it because this is the only possible way for things to work out the other main thing that i noticed for like miniature character arcs or not mini character arcs but the ones that actually had more of an arc and less of just a moment or two was iron man and spider-man uh they worked really well together just to like continue both of their plots and Peter's death is the only one that really had much of an effect on me. Um, One of the interesting things I've seen as uh, kind of speculation as to why he seems to feel it more than any of the other characters or heroes or people, everyone else just kind of fades away. But he freaks out a little bit, and it's because he has his spider sense. Like, he knows that it's coming in a way that everybody else is just surprised, and then they're gone. But he feels that he's about to be gone, and that's terrifying for him. So Spider-Man's, like, death really that was the only one out of all of them that had much of an effect on me all of the other ones were kind of like oh yeah okay they'll be back no big deal um but yeah just spider-man like his reaction and him his you know interaction with stark right at the end that worked that worked on an emotional level another thing that i noticed because rob had recommended uh reading thanos quest and infinity gauntlet and I think I read the one that's just called Infinity, also from like 2013. I read a bunch of things around this um, about six months ago, so it's not super recent in my mind, but I was looking back, or I was remembering back, and then I kind of have seen a couple articles around it. There's a lot from Thanos Quest and Infinity Gauntlet in this movie. I mean, it's kind of a mishmash of the two, and then it has different characters, just because we have different characters in the MCU than they had at the comics at the time, but 
it's the same storyline in a lot of ways. So if you want to see another take on this storyline, or if you want more background info, or maybe some ideas about what's going to happen next, which honestly, I don't know what's going to happen next, but you can see where they pulled a lot of interesting things from the comics. So if you're interested in that, go back, check out Thanos Quest, check out Infinity Gauntlet. Both of them are good reads, even though they're very 90s. They're like early 90s, I think both of them, if not late 80s, but I, I want to say they're both early 90s. They are good reads and they are great context for this movie at this point i would probably say see the movie first if you haven't read those because you'll be more surprised and it'll be a little bit more interesting for you but they're good to go back to and just see where all of this is coming from one of the other things that i thought was super interesting was that only really the original avengers are left um it's the original avengers it's nebula it's rocket and then ant-man and that's all Nebula they held on to probably for a reason related to the comics that I'm not going to spoil if you haven't read those because it'll probably come up in the next movie. Um, Rocket, I'm not sure. I'm not sure why he's there except maybe just to have a representative from Guardians of the Galaxy and they got rid of the rest of them. And then Ant-Man, he must play a role. Something. I don't know. We know that he has the next movie coming out in the MCU. I would be surprised if that movie takes place after this one. I think that it will probably take place slightly before Infinity War and then maybe the post credit scene would be like his family fading away because of what happened with Thanos. And then he stops following because they mentioned they mentioned that him and Hawkeye have taken a deal to be like under house arrest or under surveillance or something from the government because they want to be with their families. So it would not surprise me at all if Ant-Man and Hawkeye are staying out of it because they made a government deal after the Sokovia Accords. And once their families fade away because of this Thanos incident, they come back. They seek out the Avengers, and then they come back for the next part of this movie for part two, um, whatever it ends up actually being called, because they want their families back. So they have to reverse it somehow. I just think the next movie, because this is a part one, I should say that. Like, I know they took part one away from the title, which is probably good because saying part one might drive some people away. But it's truly the first part of a two-part story. The next one is going to conclude all of the thoughts in this, and I think that next one is going to be a lot more concentrated than this. I mean, if you think about it, Iron Man and Captain America never even ended up meeting in this movie. Um, they were in different places for the entire movie. Neither one of them died, which kind of, you know... I thought that might happen. I feel like they'll leave that until the next movie. I feel like one of them has to die and one of them has to retire or both of them have to die. Um, they've kind of had their whole character arcs. They've had a lot of development and both of them seem very willing to like make that sacrifice play, especially Tony. Tony's like there. He's ready. Um, I feel like his character arc has to end in death out of the two of them whereas captain america he might walk away or retire at some point but i would not be surprised if we walk out of the end of the next movie down captain america and down iron man and you know probably spider-man is going to be like the central driving force behind the avengers after that i think they've said things around that in interviews so i wouldn't be surprised by it much at all there are a couple of easter eggs too that i like there's a lot of easter eggs from just infinity gauntlet and thanos quest so again you can go back to those and refer back to them it was cool to see a lot of that brought to life on the screen there are also things like red skull showing up which i kind of speculated about a week or two ago on the show i thought that he might come back and he played a very minor role but i'm kind of glad that they tied him back in that was cool and then captain marvel like i'm i'm honestly more excited for captain marvel after this because they didn't call her in after well 
if you don't know that she's like the pager at the very end of the movie with Nick Fury as he's fading away, he's like, oh no, code red, but you got to call in someone. Um, that's her symbol that comes up is the Captain Marvel symbol. And they didn't call her in for any of the other things that happened, right? When Loki came to the earth for the first time with the Shatari and like attacked New York, they didn't call her. When Ultron showed up, they didn't call her. They're, you know, when all of this stuff with Winter Soldier, with like Captain America, um, Winter Soldier and Civil War, not um, Civil War is not really gal- like world spanning, but you know, Winter Soldier, they were going to launch all of these giant helicarriers and just kill millions of people. They didn't call her, but now they called her in. So she's out there in space somewhere. I mean, it's a pager and the, we know the next movie is made in the 90s. So she's probably goes out into space in the 90s and is waiting to be called back for whatever reason. Uh, I haven't read a ton of Captain Marvel in the comics. I've read a couple and I've seen a uh, you know various bits and pieces of like ensemble cast where she's a part of it but i'm really curious what they're going to do with that movie if anything i think i'm more excited for that movie than i am for ant-man which we know is coming up next so we'll see we'll see what happens with that it is a short episode this week like i said I think those are all of my main thoughts. You know, BJ and I might talk about this once he's back and we can do a little geekery around it. But I wanted to get all that out in the feed because we told you we'd probably talk Infinity War this week. And PJ wanted to make sure we didn't not deliver on that or we didn't not. You know what I mean? Anyway, there we go. Some Infinity War thoughts. One of the other things I should say, every single other show on the network this week is talking Infinity War. So if you want a little bit more back and forth, a little more perspectives, um, especially Rob's show, The Comic Box, because he has all of the context that none of the rest of us have. I think all of us have some comic context, but he is the keeper of all that lore in his head. So I just listened to his episode before recording this, and it, it's good. He, he did like two, two and a half hours worth of talking with Dr. Ray as a guest host, and the episode was great so go listen to that um tea time with katie and chelsea i think they were going to do a deep dive into like the women of the mcu especially as it related to infinity war so i'm super interested to hear that it's not out yet otherwise i would listen to it and then geek to toad with joe hogan and ray i think they are going to talk about i don't know kind of what bj and i were going to do so you have a lot of resources on the geek Geek podcast network if you haven't listened to them yet go do that because they're worth your time that's it for this week. Uh, next week, we'll be back with something. Either I will have a guest host or BJ will be back and we'll just do kind of a more unstructured episode to catch up because we have a few weeks to catch up on at this point. With that said, you can write to us with comments, suggestions, or feedback. Our email address is geek at gmail.com or reach us on Twitter at geek We also have longer discussion threads on the subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash geek You can go to slack.geek2geekcast.com to get an invite to our Slack channel where we talk off and on i don't know it's fun it's fun to talk on there um i blog at agreenmushroom.com you can find me at grn mushroom that's green mushroom without the e's on twitter i've been void this week solo with your geek podcast that'll do it for this week see you next week geeks bye Hey everyone, Rob here, your friendly neighborhood comic geek, inviting you to join me and my rotating cast of co-hosts each week on The Comic Box, where we tell you everything you need to know to become a world-class comic book geek. So join us for The Comic Box, each week, right here on the geek to geek Podcast Network. 
Hi everyone, I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea, and we are the hosts of Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea. We are two best friends who love pop culture and talking about pretty much whatever we want. Katie! Yes? Stop thinking about Zac Efron and tell our future listeners what some of our latest episodes have been about. Well, we've talked about Zac Efron. No, get it together, Katie. Fine. We've talked about fan fiction, classical literature adaptations, favorite TV couples, and so much more. So grab your cup of tea or whatever your drink of choice is and download our podcast today. Hi, my name is Joe Hogan, and I'm a geek. And if you're currently listening to this, there's a good chance you're a geek too. So check out my podcast, Geektitude. Each week, I talk with somebody about their geek aptitude. Sometimes I talk to people in a geeky profession. Sometimes it's someone doing something really cool with their geekiness. Often it's another geeky podcaster. But it's always someone who wants to share their inner geek. So join me each week as we come together to geek out about all the geeky stuff we love. And remember, this week, keep it geek.